friends, it's Indra from Family Karma Cast. And this week we're going to run another fun recap I did with Sneha from Project Mindy on episode seven from The Sex Lives of College Girls on HBO. This episode is called I Think I'm a Sex Addict and takes a closer look at the episode following Kimberly and Nico's first hookup. I always have so much fun recapping with Sneha, and I hope you all enjoy this episode. And also be sure to check out the rest of Sneha's recaps of The Mindy Project, Never Have I Ever, and other episodes of The Sex Lives of College Girls by searching for Project Mindy wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy! Hi, everyone. Welcome to Project Mindy, a podcast about the work of Mindy Kaling. Today, I'm joined by Indra from the Family Karma Cast podcast, and we are talking about the sex lives of college girls. Yay! (laughs) I didn't realize the last time we recorded that it was the first time you and I had talked about this show because we've talked about other shows of Mindy Kaling's. Yeah. It's, uh, it was the first time we talked about it and I had so much to say. So we ended up talking for a really long time. Wait, so I wanted to ask you, cause I think I asked this to the other people I recorded with, um, but it was not similar. How much of this show is similar to your college experience? Um, well, I, I guess I talked about it a little bit last time. Yeah. That it feels similar to... So I went to Oberlin, which is a small liberal arts school. It's not in the north... Like, it's not in Vermont, but it's in, like, northeast Ohio. And it's very rural. And, like, it's in this town of, like, 8,000 people, 3,000 of which go to the college. So... I don't know that like the whole setting feels very familiar in mm-hmm. that way. And then like, even in this episode, like <laughs> the stuff about um, like the acapella stuff yeah. and like um, maybe the comedy troupe was like, <sighs> no, there was that too at Oberlin actually. I mean, all those little things, like maybe that's on every college campus, but even just like the small, Actually, I feel like the school in this in sec- the sex lives of college girls is maybe a little bit larger than the one that I went to, but mm-hmm. still like liberal arts vibe, um, very like woke culture type yeah. situation slash like, yeah, like a bunch of misfits, but also not like nerdy people. And people you can tell who were cool in high school kind of all mixing together, trying to figure it all out, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, What about you? No. So I went to a huge state school. So this is like nothing like my experience at all. Um, But there was like a big Greek culture. So when they talk about like Nico's fraternity and stuff. Yeah. um, That makes sense to me. But I just don't really know how Greek life is at smaller schools. Yeah. Uh, so there, w- there wasn't any Greek life. At oh, yeah. College. They probably shunned that. Like, the yeah. <laughs> which they had, they had um, co-ops, which I think I talked about last yeah. time too, where like the naked co-op. And um, so that was like 
our version of that, I guess. But I always really appreciated that Oberlin didn't have Greek life because I've just never been interested in it. But um, I also feel like it is such a quintessential part of like college life. And if this show is supposed to be about college, like what life is like on a college campus, then, you know, that's like, it seems about right. Yeah. And there is something in this episode that is very familiar to me about fraternities and sororities. I'll get into it. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. Okay. So this episode is called, I think I'm a sex addict, which, <laughs> okay. Not to be like super PC, yeah. but I knew someone with this, with, it's not funny. Um, with a sex addiction and actually was like really harmful. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> So it's not like he's listening to this. Um, but yeah, I get it. It's like funny. I don't want to be that person who's. No, uh, no. I mean, no, I totally I know like why you're laughing. It's like it's something that like almost seems, seems like how can you be? And I feel like the way that they're portraying um, Kimberly as like her thinking that she is one is funny because yeah. it's like no you're not but yeah. like but I'll it's like she's this is the first time in her life where she's like having a, a lot of a lot of sex and she's yeah. like this must mean I'm a sex addict it's like no actually it's, <laughs> it's just normal lot. it's actually like a serious condition that some people suffer from and um is your friend okay um I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, but yeah, he's like, I mean, he's like married and has a baby. Not that that means anything. Yeah. But anyways, PSA, um, yes. sex addiction often like, um, coincides with other things like, mm. um, like food addiction and like shopping addiction and stuff. So, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. I think it's actually super interesting. Um, and yeah, it's not something I know very much about. Wasn't there like a HBO show about it with David Duchovny? Um, yes. Californication. Oh, okay. I never watched that. Um, I didn't either, but my partner did. And so I would kind of see it from time to time, like snippets. And I was like, oh, that's why it's called Californication. It's because like this oh, is a person with a sex addiction. But then it like came out. I think that David Duchovny in real life has a sex addiction. Yes, I think I remember that. Yeah, and I don't know. I didn't dig into the details of it, but I wonder if that show does justice to kind of, like, really revealing, like, what someone who has a sex addiction goes through. So there was this movie, and it had someone kind of famous starring in it, and um, I thought that was really realistic because, like, when he would go on business trips, he would have to get the TV removed from his room because <laughs> that was a trigger for him to, like, order porn. Oh, like, my that, God. Yeah. It was actually a pretty good movie because it was, like, how do you get into a relationship with someone? And he was, like, all into the 12 steps and stuff. Wow. Um, interesting. That Yeah. So... Yeah, yeah, sorry. I did not know what's going on with Kimberly. <laughs> it's definitely not. But I could see how she would think that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, not trying to be a downer. Yeah. Um. So the end of the last episode was like the beginning of Kimberly and Nico hooking up. Mm -hmm. And so this episode opens with her waking up in his bed. And, um, uh, she is it realistic that she's wearing a t-shirt? I feel like she wouldn't be wearing anything, but that's like, you know, on TV, they always do that. 
Yeah, yeah. They had to like shoot a scene with her. And I guess if she had been topless the whole time, <laughs> it might have been a different vibe. <laughs> um, yeah. And then immediately she, I, I love that she texts Bella to tell her and Bella FaceTimes her. <laughs> so realistic and it was like immediate it was like oh my because she doesn't know that like she's in bed with him but then when she tells her she's like oh let me see him yeah and then he hears her and he's like oh is that your phone and she was like no it's just an amber alert I don't know why that's funny, but it is funny. It just is. She has a few times because she's like keeping the secret that she comes up with like random excuses, but they're so funny. I know like later in the episode when she's talking about him and Leighton comes by and she's like, who are you talking about? And she, who does she say? Like the weatherman? Yeah, the meteorologist like from her hometown. (laughs) I really like his ties. (laughs) (laughs) And like was like, yeah, I could see you saying that, of course. Absolutely, yeah. Um, wait, so do you think Nico is cute? You know, yes, I do. I didn't at first. Like when I saw the previews, I remember thinking when I saw the previews for the show, I was like, oh, like the main guy could be hotter. And then as I've been watching it more, I can see like the appeal more and more and like this like when he gets out of bed with his shirt off I'm like okay (laughs) so yes I do think he's hot I don't think he's like the hottest ever but what do you think okay so I thought he was really hot the first time I watched it and then re-watching I was like wow like I mean obviously Mm. objectively very attractive but I think his I can't decide if um what i think about his personality is influencing my thought so what do you think of his personality because i don't even really know what it is i don't know it's like good at sex does he play a sport (laughs) he runs remember like in the very first episode um she's watching him run by oh yeah with a bunch of dudes um so i think that he's on the track team maybe yeah he is good at french he's good at french yes we know that um he like seems to generally have his shit together but he's also like a frat boy yeah so he likes to party but that doesn't necessarily mean i mean i don't know about you but i know a lot of people in college who like really like partied pretty hard but they were also like really studious and did well in school um like it it didn't often go hand in hand but i feel like those those kind of unicorns do exist oh yeah i definitely think he is like that but i don't i feel like later in the episode kimberly says that he's so funny and i was like really (laughs) (laughs) i know i it's like how do you i think that's one of the things about the show is like I feel like we've gotten to know the four women pretty well. Yeah. Good. Like, that's the point. Um, but they haven't developed his character very much at all. Like, I don't feel like we know enough about him to, like, explain why him and Kimberly even like each other. You yeah. Know? Yeah. 
Like, it's Uh obvious why she likes him. (laughs) Very obvious. But, like, he hasn't, they haven't had enough, like, moments where they've, like, connected and, like, gotten to know each other for me to feel like he would take the risk to, like, sleep with his freshman sister's roommate. Yeah, and he's, he's a junior? Do we know that? Um, he's definitely... We probably do know that, but probably. I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and it's it seems like maybe almost deliberate because every other side character on this show is so developed that yeah. it might be intentional. Yeah, that might be true. I mean, he's definitely like the main guy on the show. Like him and Kanan, I feel like have taken the like main guy spots i guess like what yeah dalton was kind of that for a little while but he fell from getting grace yeah Yeah, and so as of this episode they're broken up because he's yeah broken up with whitney Mm -hmm. um it was funny when Nico was like, oh, was it your first time? And she was like, oh, no, I've sexed a lot. But this is her <laughs> second time, right? Yeah, like she slept with her boyfriend. Oh, and then God. he dumps her, which is classic. And then, I mean, I think we would have known if she had slept with someone else in between. So, yeah, this is literally the second time she's ever had sex. And I did like, and I feel like they've shown it before, um, they're showing oral sex, because I feel like you mm. don't always see that, maybe, mm. in teen shows. And so, they show it multiple times in this yeah. episode. So, props to them. I hope college-age guys see this and do, I don't know, men are watching. <laughs> I, I think they, they are. I mean, my partner's watching, and... I guess that's the only male <laughs> watching it, but I don't like, I haven't talked to a lot of people about it. Yeah. Um, just positive in general. I like it. I feel like HBO in general is like trying to flip the script a little bit on like what types of sex we normally see. I mean, like, are you watching Euphoria? No, I had enough of that last season. It was <laughs> so traumatic. I was like, I can't deal. It's a very traumatic show. Like I have to say, um, Especially, like, because I have a young son. I was just going to say. Oh, my God. Is this, like, going to happen to him? Like, what the probably. I feel like this season is so over the top, though, that it's, like, I've learned to, like, take it all with a grain of salt and, like, calm down a little bit. But um, the reason I brought that up is, and there was plenty of this in season one, is, like, the amount of penises that they show Oh, I like yeah, which is good. Which is like you never see that usually. It's always boobs. It's always like women getting naked. Yeah, but like this show is like okay, we're gonna show you at minimum like two penises per episode. (laughs) Wait, who have we seen anyone's penis like in this show on the Sex Lives of College Girls? No, no, no. I'm talking about Euphoria. Yeah, But, but I think along those lines, like showing a woman getting oral sex is also something we don't see a lot, like yeah. just in general. And um, like in this episode, they show Nico going down on Kimberly and then Pelag. Yeah. <laughs> From the chuckle fucker. <laughs> that old That's situation. hard to say for me, like not because it's, it's just like, I don't know, the two rhyming words. Yeah. They're hard it's, to get it's out. It's a mouthful for sure. Yeah. It's a mouthful. <laughs> 
So Kimberly tells, so Bella and Whitney know because they're sitting in like the cap or whatever. Um, I thought it was weird that Bella said his sex is amazing as opposed to the sex or like our sex. Did you catch that? I didn't catch that, but that is a weird, is is that like a thing the kids are saying these days? I don't know. (laughs) We're, we're always wondering. I know. It's like, if there's someone who's like under 25, who knows, please tell us. <laughs> or maybe it's just because she's like, you know, kind of weird in a good way that that's how she phrased it. Yeah, I guess. It's it's very bizarre. But uh-huh. um, yeah, the, yeah, that, that was a funny, that's funny that you pointed that out. I didn't, I didn't actually catch that. I don't remember, and I should, um, the guy on their floor who was the one spray painting um, Bella's abs before the naked party. Um, um, who is that the guy who comes up and talks about yeah, the and show? Said, yeah. Wait, so did Oberlin have a lot of acapella groups? So um, this is something that I do think is on, like, other college campuses like were there any at your school yeah there were a lot but it was it was not like it's like because we had sports like it was yeah. a big 10 school so like that was the focus and like the acapella guys were cool and like the that level but I don't know it's I I assume it's from what I hear, it's, like, much more an activity on, at, like, smaller schools. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely – there was there was a group called the Obertones, which I think was an all-male group. Um, I think there was – Oberlin was sort of an interesting place because um, in addition to it being a liberal arts college, it's also a conservatory of music. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So there was, like – it's one of those schools where like half of the, or like a good amount of the people, you know, like at least 30% are going to the conservatory of music, like studying to get a music degree, like actually very serious about music. And then a lot of the people who go to the college, like me go because that is there as a resource. Like, you know, I didn't want a good degree necessary necessarily in like performance for music but I wanted to take classes there and I've always been musical Mm -hmm. so a lot of people on campus will like have a real musical background or like interest in it Mm -hmm. so I think like the acapella groups were like not taken very seriously because acapella is kind of cheesy (laughs) and like it's something that like you know people can learn and do without even knowing how to read music and like you know music snobs kind of look down upon it now my experience in high school in high school I was really into acapella and like did it a lot with like you know, within the like arts programs I was involved in. But then when I got to college, I was like, who am I going to align myself with musically? And I, I think I gravitated more towards like the conservatory folks who were like mm-hmm. more serious and kind of like snubbed their nose on the acapella stuff. And in retrospect, I sort of wish I had done the acapella stuff because like it's super cheesy and obnoxious, but like, if you're 
good at it and you're into it, it's actually really fun. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really fun. And obviously, I just because Andy from the office is always talking about his yeah. acapella. Um, and I know Mindy Kaling did um, was in an acapella group at Dartmouth. I don't know about Justin Noble, but Mindy Kaling was. Yeah, oh my God. she can pro- sing. Well, okay, so that's the thing is, like, um, I know there's a really serious, like, acapella groups, but I think there's also, like, you know, there's, like, levels. Yeah. Yeah, there, and that and that was part of it, too, is the acapella groups at Oberlin were not stellar. Like, they were good, but I think I would have been frustrated because I'm, like, kind of a perfectionist when it comes to acapella, yeah. which was, like, the nerdiest and, like, lamest thing to say No, ever. no, I totally like, get I what you're saying. I can't believe I'm admitting this on a podcast, but... <laughs> Well, I think you understand when you see the acapella performance. Yes. And that felt like the even the way the stage was set up and like how people were sitting these like conference room chairs and stuff. I was like, that feels very familiar to like some of the stuff I saw at Oberlin. Um, So I don't know his enthusiasm about it. Yeah. Like the over like the crazy theatrics and everything that felt like true to form (laughs) yeah and he seemed like he was having a lot of fun so yeah absolutely that's the thing is I feel like the people who have the most fun in the acapella space are the people doing the acapella yeah and he said um when he came over to their table he was like it wasn't accepted to any of the other acapella groups which made me feel sad for him I know know. um and he was like hold on to your labes and (laughs) I've never heard that before oh my god I missed him saying that that is so funny I thought it was so funny um I like want to say it. <laughs> Hold on to your labes. Oh my god, that's that's legendary. Whoever wrote that line is so funny. <laughs> okay, so are you watching? Or I, I mean, you've watched at least a couple of and just like that episodes. Oh, I'm caught. I'm totally caught up. I have okay, to say I'm not, that I'm I hated up, on yeah. it for the first couple episodes, and now I'm like obsessed with it. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it gets it gets better. How about you? Have you? So, I'm trying to think the last one I watched. Um, uh, I watched part of the one. I haven't seen the one where um, Miranda like runs off to Che. And then there's been a more recent one, right? Or is that um, the last one? No, I think the next episode comes out tomorrow. And okay. I like I want. Side, just like quick sidebar. I want Che to like reject her which is so awful but Miranda's such an asshole this season I cannot deal with it um okay another sidebar are you like like I feel really bad for Steve but okay but I have always kind of thought like I don't know if they're the greatest match that's interesting I feel like (sighs) that's like blasphemous to say it is a little everyone loves, <laughs> everyone loves them together. And I did like them together a little bit, but I could see how she might get bored with him. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that like the storyline is pretty realistic in a lot of ways. 
I feel like Che is getting a lot of hate online. Yes. Um, which is like, I'm there. I don't like the character Che, but but I don't think that Che is to blame for what's oh, going on here. Yes. And I think a lot of fans are blaming Che instead of Miranda. No, it's really takes... the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I... You know, the movies like really ruined a lot of things for me. And I oh, it's yeah. hard for me to like reconcile this Miranda and Steve like from the show, like when they were like courting each other mm-hmm. to the movies, which was just like ruined everything to now. It's like yeah. I don't know. Steve, all I know is that Steve is like one of my most beloved characters from the show overall. And I like, I've just loved him. And I just, I did, a, I feel like this conversation that they had where she's like divorcing him or whatever, he's kind of, it's a little bit of a like glimpse into like what Steve used to be. And oh, good. Like the part, did you see it? Sorry, I don't want to spoil it. No, I, I think I, I read a recap where he, he did say something like, I fought for you like a few times. Yes. Time. Yeah. And I feel like that was, I liked that he said that, but he's like, you know, there's, there's always these like periods where you decide I'm not good enough. And then we go through all this strife and then like, I fight for you and we keep going. And he's like, things have actually been like steady for a couple of years. And I like that. And like, and he's kind of like Miranda, like what, do, what else do you think is out yeah. there? Yeah. Which I think is a really good kind of question. And I'm very curious to see what the show does with that. Like, it looks like, you know, they're going to have a season two. And so what I would love to see is like Miranda getting fucked over in this situation and Steve moving on and sort of like seeing how that all unfolds. Like not, I'm not necessarily even saying I want to see them get back together but I want to see, I want Steve to have his like redemption story a little bit, you know? Yeah, I guess I'm not trying to say anything bad about either of them. Mm-hmm. I just, I never thought they were like a perfect match. Yeah. But I could see how over the years it could just like intensify. Like I know she's been terrible in her class and stuff. Yeah. But like, let's say she wants to quit her law firm and kind of like reinvent herself. Maybe like that, like this new person she's becoming is just like not the person she used to be. So like I can see that. I don't know. We're not seeing anything about Steve's life except he has hearing aids. So yeah. And apparently he has them in real life, which is interesting. But the way that they're portraying him, like he's like one step away from the grave. is, And he's like 55 or whatever is a little disrespectful. (laughs) Um, But anyway, yeah, I'm like, fully in on the show now and obsessed with it um okay i need to watch the last one then yeah i feel i think there's what like two or three more episodes and yeah i mean it's watching it's just sort of feels like putting on a warm blanket now yeah that's why i liked it yeah it's just like i mean i don't know it, that show was just so like form it, it it was a part of my life it's such a formative part of my life yeah um, that and I think a lot of people feel that way so like 
the familiarity of her being back in her old apartment and all of that is like, it's, it's kind of nice. Yeah, I agree. Um, so why I brought it up is because Whitney doesn't want to go to the acapella show and he's like, well, you wouldn't want your intersectionality <laughs> to be questioned, which I thought was so funny, but it kind of reminded me like, and just like that is trying to put those jokes in, yes. but it's just falling so flat. It's exactly. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's not the way that they're bringing in the intersectionality thing just feels so like dinosaur like I know. <laughs> like and then I know that you were saying last time that there's been criticism from like the under 20 crowd of like the sex lives of college girls being equally kind of out of touch but maybe yeah but I don't think I mean I don't know whatever I I, I think, think so. that it's clever how they throw those things in and kind of address those issues without really addressing them like it's it's really smart how it's been done yeah and I don't know if people talk like that but I <laughs> it feels familiar and funny so yes yeah absolutely totally so Leighton borrows Whitney's jacket for some like women's center thing. I was unclear if she wanted to wear the jacket or she wanted to donate it. <laughs> I don't, I, that was also beyond me. Yeah. I was like, okay, I guess she just needs a jacket for some purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and then she finds a note from Dalton, which is like the lamest note ever. It was like, hey, babe, you looked hot out there today. Really? No, like that is, I know, right? It's like, save your pencil shavings or whatever yeah <laughs> and they're trying to hide a relationship and he's writing stuff like I that know. like it the whole thing sounds seems very like what what's going on here but anyway it's all a plot device I guess right yeah and I really liked that this episode like Leighton even says it that she and Whitney are bonding and she promises to keep it a secret which yeah. okay that makes sense to me because Whitney probably also like comes from a privileged background and is like probably more worldly. Yeah. And so I could see how their personalities would kind of match in that way. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just, it's always like so heartwarming to see like two of these girls have a connection in any way, you know? Yeah. It's like, you want to see them be friends and like, I don't know. I, I like shows with friend ensemble casts. Um, they like also the feel like a warm blanket to me sometimes. Yes. <laughs> like, did you watch that show, How I Met Your Mother? No. Um, so I had like a thing where I never wanted to watch it. I don't know why. I totally respect that. I don't know why I started watching it. Like, I maybe it was like, I think we were living in South Africa and we had like, it was before streaming and we, and we didn't yeah, have it was great... probably always on. Well, it wasn't always on, but like given us like the downloads of oh every God. episode for like two seasons or something like that. And it was like one of the only things we could watch. So we like ended up watching it. And then I, I just like got into it and like, when I got back to the States, I could stream it e easily. And there, it was like, I had jet lag and I just like needed to stream something. So 
I ended up watching like a lot of it and like getting really invested in like the story, which like basically over the course of like seven seasons, you're trying to figure out like who the mother of his children is. Yeah. Which is like sort of an annoying premise, but there it is. Um, But like one of the things about that show is that like, it's this tight knit group of people and they like, they're always hanging out with each other. They're always in and out of each other's apartments. They have like a one table at a bar that they always convene at. They don't even have to like call each other to like meet up there. There's just like always someone there. Yeah. And it always felt like, oh, like, wouldn't it be nice to have like a friend situation? <laughs> like yeah. That? Yeah. Which like, oh my God, as I get older, it's just like harder and harder to even imagine how you build something like that. So it's kind of fun to live vicariously through other like friend groups on TV. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's like Belle and Kimberly seem closer and the now like Leighton and Whitney Mm -hmm. um, and the same thing. Um, I feel like we have just had Catalan storylines like every episode, which makes sense. Yes. But um, okay, so this is like the final, final test or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they their final assignment or whatever. Um, in the naked party episode, um, Bella was wearing big earrings. I think they were like lightning bolts or something. Uh-huh. But this episode, she was wearing ones that looked like like pizza, like a slice of pizza. Yeah. And I was like, she totally is sort of a Claudia Kishi type. Did you watch read the Babysitters Club? Oh, you know what? That is a book series that I never got into. I I somehow boycotted it. I don't know. Oh, okay. It was like but, how I met your mother for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I believe you. <laughs> yeah, she was like the artsy one, and she always made her own earrings. They were very, oh. like, big on that. And she made her own clothes. And, like, Bella does dress, like, really colorfully and, like, yeah. different kind of. Also, can we talk about the clothes? Like, they are yeah. so 90s. I can't even deal <laughs> Oh my god, the 90s like style. This is another thing in Euphoria which like it was definitely in the first season. So like the hard 90s looks are like the cheap like Claire's ass look is I'm like how has this ever come back into style? I, I don't, don't totally get like the thin sunglasses and I don't know it's just like cringe (laughs) um did you watch yellow jackets no I didn't um yeah put that on your list after euphoria ends or something um but there the daughter is wearing um the same top that Whitney wore I think in the last episode okay um like I recognized it and it's it's like color block like mock turtleneck Mm -hmm. and I was just like how is this happening but (laughs) (laughs) totally okay yeah so now we're getting into the sex part um Bella or I'm sorry Kimberly is like well I have to focus um I am going to like a shift at sips okay Um, well can we talk about first of all like the fact that she's sitting in the library like texting Nico furiously like 
what are they even saying know about you but like when similar things happened to me in college like there was there was this whole period of time where it was like are we gonna be in touch are we not yeah like do you know what i'm talking about yes and it's like you don't want to text him too soon and and it just feels like is nico the type of guy to like be super communicative like the day after we no. like it, that didn't seem believable to me yeah I just yeah you're right maybe he was like send nudes and so she did <laughs> Yeah, I maybe. could see him really doing that. <laughs> that I could yeah like send me a picture of your boobs like yeah that maybe that's what maybe that's what they were texting about we'll never know yeah, it's not like when you first meet a guy you really like and you're texting about, like, your life and classes. I just don't see him doing that. No, it's like you hooked up, you were drunk, and you hooked up at a party. Like, that was more of the vibe for me in college. Like, there wasn't a lot of, like, okay, now we're, like, dating and, like, fucking during the day. <laughs> like, yeah, so she's, is, am I, I'm not going, like, ahead but she's at sips and then like keeps leaving to have sex with him (laughs) yeah how far away is his house so if it's anything like overland like that's totally doable um we had a little like cafe that everyone to called day calf um which was like in the center of campus and campus was small enough that like you could pretty much get to that within like a 10 minute walk of anyone's place like where they were living okay and it seems like that frat is like semi on campus yeah I think it is yeah so it's I it seems that seemed feasible to me that she could like do that as many times as she did and then she was like, I'll be back in 14 minutes. <laughs> um, and then I don't know if I got confused on what days it was. Yeah. Like if it, this was the same day. But is this the same day that she tells them later she had sex six times? I think so. I think all of this happens. Actually, <clears throat> wait a minute. Because the, the acapella concert is the next day. I don't know. This is all happening within the course of like a couple days. Though. A couple days. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. Let's just go to the six times. Like, <laughs> I could see you're in bed together all day. Yeah. But she's like at work and then leaves. And she said 14 minutes, which is like, great. Like, definitely have good sex in 14 minutes. Yeah. But, um, like, is this good for her? Like, how quick are these little sessions? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely, like, it doesn't seem like it's even really about that, per se, when you're, like, literally, like, it's, yeah, like, he goes down on her in the morning, and then yeah. I'm assuming that doesn't happen again later in the day. yeah. But 14 minutes, I hope. Yeah, like, I need some time. So um, I think, yeah, it's kind of a, like, let's, like, I don't know. Like, just the heat of the moment. Yeah, maybe so it's, excited. like, a secret, you know. And it's definitely part of, like, her being, like, really 
she really likes him like genuinely you know so that's part of it too but I mean the whole thing did seem a little excessive and I think they even re- referenced that a little like when she tells um oh my god I'm totally blanking on her name now Whitney Whitney god <laughs> <laughs> I think last time you called her soccer girl or something. I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm having trouble with names on like a lot of different shows. Wait, I- no, me too. Are we watching like too many shows or like is our memory going? I think it's probably both. No. <laughs> for me, for me, for me. I'm going to just say that's for me. I know. I like have really noticed it. Yeah. I think I was trying to like tell Housewives Apart and I was like, wait, this person, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, there is a lot to, to remember, to be fair. Um, I'm just like, yeah. Okay. So Whitney, um, she is, when she's like telling her, like, I can't stop thinking about sex. Like, you know, I think I'm a sex addict. She says it to Whitney and Whitney's like, no, you're not. And she's like, well, we've had sex like six times today. And she's like, whoa, that is a lot. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that was that day. Mm, yeah because it's the acapella day yeah yeah but at one point she is seems to maybe go for another shift at sips because her boss says she's late yeah and she's talking to lila um and Mm kind of confesses that it's nico but there's a lot of foreshadowing about this econ class and how she's like not doing the work for it and um lila's like oh just ask for extra credit like i took the class last year or something Mm -hmm. so she does i don't know what day it is whatever yeah and i thought this was unrealistic she the professor left her in his like nice office to i don't know where he was going um but then nico just like comes into the office and they start hooking up yeah he like texts her and then they like shift away from the scene and then the next time you see them he's like come to the office so she probably told him, like, my professor is going to be gone for a little while. Like, why don't you just come here? Um, I mean, I know Kimberly's, like, really obsessed with him, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm looking at it like my adult self being like, it might not be a good idea to do this in front of your professor. But I don't know. Maybe people do. Uh, or, like, yeah. the chance of getting caught, I mean. Maybe I that's know. the point of it. Well, it's like we're seeing her kind of like unravel here, right? Like, I feel like that's part of this because I did notice, and this is skipping ahead a little bit, but when he like shows her the file of econ tests yeah, in the in the frat house and being like, you can use these if you want. And she's like, oh, no, I don't believe like it's actually like the antithesis of who I am to even like consider doing this. Okay. Um knowing like what happens later um it's like you can see how like she's going through like the most change maybe of everyone on the cast that makes sense and i'm sure hooking up like in your professor's office is also the antithesis of her personality like old kimberly would have never done that yeah it's like lost her damn mind (laughs) (laughs) okay so since we brought up the tests it is like um exactly my experience that every fraternity and sorority has copies of tests going back like decades yeah 
it's so that's totally, like a frat sorority thing. It's like a thing. It's totally true. So, um, that's I mean, wild. And, yeah, and like professors know about. It. I don't know how they do it now. Maybe like because I feel like everything's digital, but like it is totally a thing that they have. Like maybe it's on. It's uh, they probably don't have the drawers anymore, but um, yeah, they definitely have all that. So. That is really interesting. I definitely yeah. never came across anything like that in college. Yeah. But I feel like it was also part of like a more studious clique than some other people in college. I, I don't think you could do it at like, I don't know how small your classes were, but like it was yeah. for the big classes that everyone had to take. So yeah, like the huge lecture classes yeah. with like Maybe. 100, 200 people. In her, like, Econ 101 class yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't take it, right? At this point, she says it's against her values. Yeah, she said, I could never do that. Like, And at this point, she's not in so, so much deep shit. I think she said she has a C. Yeah, which is not great. Um, according to kind of what we know about her like she's supposed to be a good student I think yeah for sure um so yeah it's it's not good and it definitely like it's one of those things where like you know they put it in the show to like create tension and like whatever but it's like I don't really want to see her like crash and burn but I know okay (laughs) um so maybe the same day as the Catellan deadline um yes. and i didn't like the character the first time i i sorry i don't remember his name either i just, my memory's going um the one with the clear glasses who's like like the other head of the catalan yeah yeah, um, yeah but i thought he was like so funny this time around like taking himself so seriously with like this is the huge box that you have to put them in <laughs> yeah. there's something well maybe I, I don't want to give too much away um, towards the end of the season, but I think he is going to be big in the next season. Yes, I do too. And, and I think I can... maybe that's influencing how we watch him second time Possibly. around. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I liked when he said, like, if you get selected, um, you know, we're going to take you through these events and you can't even share them with your future spouses. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love it. And he's like, and we're probably not going to choose any of you. And then the other girl's like, we're going to choose two to four of you. (laughs) Uh, So what is her role? She's just a senior person who's on the staff. Yeah. I feel like there was some like name for like the heads of the Catalan because doesn't she like get that title at the start yeah so she wasn't like an official editor or she wasn't like editor, editor in chief yeah. or whatever maybe yeah. just a regular editor I don't know how it works but yeah she got like promoted so um it's like her and those two dudes who are um and then so they're in the house so um Bella and some other kids go upstairs. So at first I was like, okay, she's not going to be alone with this guy. Yeah. You know? Um, And then she was listing all the musical guests and hosts of SNL. And I do remember Mindy saying in one of her books that she had index cards with like SNL information on them. Yeah. 
So yeah, I'm, I feel like that's taken from her knowing all that stuff. Yeah, totally. It was, um, I sort of appreciated how she like could rattle off all of those things. And yeah, also, I was, I really admired that. I feel like that was that the time I'm sure Katy Perry has been on several times. Um, but like, I don't know the history of the floss dance, but I feel like it got really popular when Katy Perry was on SNL and she performed a song and this kid came out in a backpack and did the floss dance and it was like mind blowing. Oh, yeah. I don't really remember that either. I feel like that started the whole like big movement, even if it was a thing before that a little bit, but maybe I'm wrong and I really want to know... Like, this is a piece of pop culture that's very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's when I think you had to watch the show to see the musical cast. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> well, maybe, I don't know. I don't maybe know. Maybe it was on the cusp of, like, you could stream it the next day, but. Um, it wasn't immediately on Twitter. No. Or maybe it was, and that's why it went viral. I'm not sure, <laughs> but, like. I just, I need to find this clip and I'm going to send it to you because I think yeah. it's incredible. I'll put it, um, yeah, I'll put it up. Now I'm interested because honestly, I kind of just, she said that stuff and I was like, wow, good for you. And then I immediately <laughs> forgot. Yeah, exactly. Totally. So we know that he, I think his, his name's Ryan. I feel like we should have, I don't want to say his name, some like terrible nickname. Yes. Like the douchebag editor. Yeah. <laughs> So he showed her porn, I think, like two or three episodes ago. But clearly she's just decided to forget about it and, like, move on, I think. Which I think is totally realistic that yeah, would definitely. do that in this power dynamic. Because clearly some time has gone by and maybe he, you know, hasn't referenced it again. Um, but then she's looking at that autograph wall and oh, it was just disgusting the way he came up to her and oh, and like rubs his dick on oh oh god, I felt but so that, bad for her. I know, and like, um, so we talked about the episode where he did the porn thing, and we yeah. talked about like how, or I said it felt like just kind of unrealistic how the whole thing unfolded in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt like this scene was like, absolutely could have happened like to everyone, <sighs> like a dude thinking that you're into something and doing something really creepy like that. And yeah. And then the way she's like, I don't want to do whatever this is. Yeah. I was really proud of her. I know. And like, and the way he was kind of like, yeah, of course, like whatever, like that, that felt like a more realistic thing than like, let me show you a funny video and then put it on and then they don't say anything to each other. It's like, yeah, that, yeah. Anyway. It just went so far. Like I can see another situation where she's so impressed. And so he like leans in for a kiss and she's like, oh, I'm not into that. But to go like to that level is just so disgusting. Yeah. And like, but maybe that's like, it's clearly, it's clear that this guy has been like, his idea of like what sexual situations should be is like warped. Right. Yeah. Now I feel bad for him almost. It's, 
it's interesting, like, because it's not normal behavior. And like, right. I, don't, I don't think the show wants us to think that it is, right? No, no. So it's like, there's something going on there. And whether or not they like expand upon that, like, I, I don't think they're going to, it seems like they've kind of put the issue to bed. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's like, it's an extreme way to um, like make a move on someone for sure. Yeah. I wonder if he seems like the most conventionally attractive one of the staff. Cause I can see how the guys who would try out for this maybe aren't, you know, <laughs> look like Nico. So yeah, I think, I think that's true because he is like on first look, like, yes, he's like the cute one. Right. Yeah. Like that's what you would think. I think, um, but you know you can you can't judge a book by its cover. That is true. I'll never forget like there was this guy who he was an RA on my freshman year in my freshman year dorm. So he was like a sophomore and we were all freshmen. So it wasn't that creepy that like I don't know. Yeah, uh, he was just a year older. He so. was just a year older, but and he was like one of those guys who like on first look you're like oh my god that guy is so cute like he is so cute like adorable whatever but he was one of the most like his personality was so awful that like it was so funny when you would like see mm-hmm. someone new meet him and like they kind of like get all wrapped up in how good looking he was. And then like, yeah, you could sort of see how the gears changed once they like, uh. saw a little bit more of, of who he was. And I feel like that's it sort of reminds me of this situation a little, except this guy is not like really hot. You know, he's just like kind of better looking than ben some other people. Yeah. Um. So that sucks for Bella and she leaves, but then she's like waiting in her dorm room later, like, like hoping she's going to get in, but maybe like feeling ambivalent. I don't know. They don't go into it, but maybe. Yeah, I think, well, before that, she, she meets up with them at the, oh, right. Right. Yeah. And she says like, I don't think I'm going to get it. And, and she's like, but maybe that's for the best. But so, can, but, yeah. but then when she's sitting in her dorm room, you can tell she's still, she's upset, like, about yeah. something. Whether it's that guy hit on her, that she doesn't think she's going to get into the Catellan, maybe both. Uh, but she does. They all, like, storm into her room, and that guy is, yeah. like, kind of at the back of the group. But doesn't, like, I bet he still voted for her. Oh, I'm sure he did. I mean, yeah, like... And even if he didn't, like, they make a point to, like, let us know that she got accepted because her work was actually, like, really funny and everyone thought she deserved it, right? Yeah. So, like, his vote sort of becomes irrelevant, I guess. It's more like you just did a really creepy thing and, like, and you know it, right? Like, Yeah, he did seem, like, you know, chagrined or whatever. Is that how Mm -hmm. you pronounce that word? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a word that I feel like I've only heard it in one context before. It's like to my chagrin or what is it? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um and when I think about it I'm like what the 
does that really mean? I don't really know. Uh, like embarrassed? Yeah. But different? I don't know. I'll look it up. Yes. <laughs> so Whitney's storyline is like kind of getting over Dalton. And that's what Leighton is helping her with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they go back to the Black Affinity House, which they showed in the Parents Weekend episode. And Whitney comes by a couple times. Like, the other people are fun. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. What did you think? Um, I I feel like they're just trying to shift her storyline a little bit because it's been all about this, like, creepy soccer coach. And yeah. um, they're, like, trying to, yeah, just, like, have her, like, interact with some different folks who are not on the soccer team. Yeah. Which good for her meeting new people. Yeah, um, I feel like it's a little late in the season to be introducing the, the like this whole other part of the cast, though. And as a result, I feel like I don't, I don't have like enough. I I don't like care enough about them yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I like Kane and he's very funny, but like, well, yeah, no. Besides him, but like yeah, the whole like scene is like okay. Are we going to, like, learn more about what's going on here? And maybe we will in future seasons. I hope we do. Um, but it felt a little bit like, okay, we're going to put this here. And it, it wasn't really, like, fleshed out. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Um, what else happened? So did the episode end with Alicia and Leighton? I think in she Alicia seems like she has like a studio or something, maybe like near campus. Yeah, she's definitely like living in an apartment of some kind. And they like officially become girlfriends, which is really cute. Yes, yes. Because Leighton accidentally calls her her girlfriend. And then, that was so sweet. I know. It was cute. I like that. I like them. I like like the plot line with them. And someone named Maya calls her and Layton kind of ignores it. I thought that Maya was the name of one of the women she had hooked up with earlier. And I was like, wait, have I heard that name before? But we hadn't, right? No, I thought it was maybe like that woman from the car. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I think maybe that's what we're supposed to think, actually. Um, Oh, okay. If we both thought that, like, it was probably intentional. I don't know. I wasn't sure she had mentioned the name before. But yeah, then it's like, um, oh, Maya is just Nico's girlfriend. Yeah. Bomb dropped. Speaking of, like, she's South Asian, right? When she comes in. Oh, I don't know. I thought she reminded me of someone on a different show. She did. Uh Ah, oh, I can't remember. I need to look her up right now. The, uh, the sh- what show am I? Oh, maybe on, oh my gosh. She's very pretty. She's very pretty. I, I remember thinking like, oh, she's definitely South Asian. Let me find Maya. Mona Mira. That sounds oh. cool. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And the Goldbergs. Oh, I, I haven't watched either of those. Me neither, but... I'm gonna... 
assume Persian. Oh, well, you should get her on your podcast. I know. We, I'm, uh, absolutely. Same with Amrit. She's an Iranian American writer, actor, and comedian. Oh. Oh, I can see. I'm looking at her IMDb p- picture, and it looks much more. She has a neuroscience degree and a master's <gasps> wow. in business. <laughs> Which has nothing to do with anything, but she spent a shit ton of money collecting degrees so her parents <laughs> could brag at dinner parties and also so she could write this in her bio. So thank you for reading. Oh. Wow, I, I can relate. <laughs> and she, oh, the weakest link. What is that? Weakest link? I've definitely heard of that. I feel like that was one of those like early aughts or like. Yeah, I thought that was just the game show. Yeah, isn't it a game show? Oh, it is. I thought it was like some sitcom that I never heard of. Maybe it's like a, I don't remember what the premise is of it, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, it is a game show. Oh, okay. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, So that was the episode, right? Did we miss anything? Well, so the final thing is that like, um, she's like, is this someone I need to be worried about and she's like no it's just my brother's girlfriend and it's like but he's been having sex with Kimberly six times a day (laughs) yeah and then right away when I heard that I just like wrote him off yeah it yeah it's sort of like okay what what's going on here also like but I also was like, oh, there's got to be some explanation. Yeah. Like, she clearly doesn't go to school here. Like, we all know how that goes when people yeah. stay together. And, like, so I didn't, like, vilify him right away. But it was kind of like, oh, no, Kimberly's going to be crushed. Yeah. That's true. There could be something else. They're, like, in an open relationship. But mm-hmm. more than likely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this was a short episode, though. Before we got on, I was looking at the lengths of the episodes. And this was the shortest of all of them, just like 24 minutes. Yeah, it was a good setup for things that are going to happen in the future, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, it sets up a lot of like where the rest of the season goes. Um. Yeah. So why don't you tell everyone where they can reach you online? Okay. Um, so I co-host a podcast called Family Carmcast, which um, you can find on any anywhere you listen to podcasts, Family Carmcast with a K. Um, you can find us on social media and face, uh, sorry, not Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at family karma cast with a K on both platforms. And yeah, if you're interested in listening to interviews with, uh, South Asian creative people and, um, in the pop culture space, particularly in like Western spaces, uh, we have a lot of great interviews and yeah, it's, it's really fun. Oh, mention your Patreon also. Oh, um, yes, we have a Patreon as well, um, where we love it when people support us for what we're doing with our small podcast. But also, um, we talk about pop culture and Bravo and reality TV. Um, 
all sorts of things. Uh, Deanna, my co-host, and I really love. We share a love of pop culture. So. Yeah, and it's it's fun to listen to because just like you know, short distilled information. Yeah, exactly. And we just kind of like chat about whatever comes to mind. And I feel like these days, like, honestly, there's so much going on, like in all of pop culture, like the stories and gossip that come out on a daily basis is like, it's hard to keep up with. So it's a lot. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, we just talk about whatever's on our minds. And um, yeah, it's kind of if you're into that type of thing, too. You might want to check it out. And that's on Patreon. Again, Family Karma Cast with a K. Just search for that. Well, thanks for joining me. I love talking about this show with you. Yes, me too. And yeah. thanks for having me on. Yeah. And you can reach me at Project Mindy on Instagram and Project Mindy Pod on Twitter. And you will be hearing from us again for the next episode of The Sex Lives of College Girls. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Family Karma Cast. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And support the podcast by becoming a subscriber to our Patreon page. When you do, you'll get access to our weekly Thirsty 30 Bravo TV and pop culture chats and more. Find out more at patreon.com slash Cast with a K.